I see uh, I see behind you a, a little silhouette of a man. <laughs> yeah, in the window? On the on the door. On the door. There's a human head there. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of uh, silhouette work. Really? We can't move the lamp too far, and so the, the projected shadow is too big. Okay. But quite fine. And so we went to... Um, we went and got a uh, larger paper. And so we've ended up with these distortedly large silhouettes okay. that are not the shape, uh, not the approximate uh, size of the human head. Yeah, it looks, the dimensions are right. It looks like uh, Oscar, but with a medical condition of some kind. And also bald. <laughs> yeah. Inflatism. <laughs> I think it's the condition, the terrible condition that you often get in cartoons where somebody is perhaps blowing up a glove and it blows back into them. That's inflatism. Yeah. And there's there's only one cure. And what's that, Ed? Popping. (laughs) Which is, which the medical community agrees is drastic. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, well, I I, um, I I wish him and you the best of luck with dealing <laughs> with this. Thank you. Well, it's part of you know Oregon's uh, anti-vax credentials are, are are in the news. Well, we're jumping right in, aren't we? <laughs> right now. Um. So this is just part of it. We we I took a stand. Against, uh, we vaccinated him for, um, uh, you know, tetanus, which some people haven't done, and so now there are some kids who have developed tetanus for the first time in thirty years. Mm-hmm. We vaccinated him against the measles, yeah, and the marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> we went. It's the same shot. Oh, don't don't both. don't vaccinate him! Don't vaccinate him against the charming against comedy Maisels. of the marvelous <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> Well, measles are a real problem. <laughs> Don't give them the measles vaccine. Um, but we forgot. I just I decided to take a stand because I thought the the medical evidence was too was just deceptively um, uh, uh, propagandistic against um, what did I call it? Inflatism. Inflatism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a disturbing and arresting image, and it's just it's just nestled right there over your right shoulder. Yeah, it's like Zaphod Beeblebrox. <laughs> yeah, I, I referred to Zaphod Beeblebrox in class the other day, <laughs> yeah. my undergraduate class. A lot, and a lot of response. Everyone gave me blank stares except for one kid who's nodding, like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. we know yeah. who that is." Yeah, he's the president of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a very large head. And <laughs> <laughs> a very small one. <laughs> anyway, I, I expect my pedagogy to become more Beeble Broxist over the in the coming months. As, Have I, you? as I roll toward my sabbatical. Oh, very good. Coming up. Is it a year's worth? Uh no, just a semester. But I I've got it's it's nicely done so that I've got the summer, then I've got the fall. For the for the sabbatical, then I have a very easy schedule in the spring, and then I have summer again. So it's going to feel like a very light year and a half, and 
presumably I'll write something. I think you will. Have you, yes, in your literary endeavors, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, tried your hand at something in outer space? Not since high school. But here's the you thing. You have a sci-fi orientation. Yeah, and my work uh, has been getting more and more peculiar in an accessible yeah. way. Um, People have been saying that about you. Yeah, have they? In your work. In what, in what context? In what, where did this as conversation he, as take place? As he got older, he got more peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> but more accessible. <laughs> um, so it's a question that I've thought about. Like, I would like to do... Here's the problem with doing straight science fiction. I feel like it's writing... A, it's almost like writing a YA book. There are all kinds of cultural rules in the in the genres that I'm afraid of. There are arguments, there are fights about what is acceptable and what's not, and what is science fiction and what's not. I think it's less less so in science fiction and then than in YA, where people are all up in each other's uh, business yeah. about who gets to tell which stories. Um, and so I don't know. That's changed. I, that's changed so radically recently. But I, but I feel I feel safe. I feel safer under the umbrella of so-called literary fiction, just drawing gently from other genres of fiction whenever I feel like it. But maybe I should do something more explicitly science fictional. I th- I think of uh, Jonathan Lethem's Girl in Landscape as a great example of a, the kind of book I could write. Which is like not hard sci-fi. It, it's there's a lot of hand waving about how things are happening, how everyone is traveling, how the science is working. But it's a very evocative. It's a love story. I don't even remember what kind of story. Is that it is. They, they fall in love. The two researchers fall in love with a null, with a zero. No, no, that's um, that's uh, as she climbed across the table. Oh, that's one. That's right. Which I had to stop teaching after a student um, just let me have it about what a sexist book it was. Oh, it probably is. <laughs> yeah, but I actually, ha- having reread it later, I didn't. It's definitely a a guy point of view book, um, but uh, I guess it's not up to me to say whether it's sexist or not. I still like it though. Anyway, no, Girl in Landscape is about some people who emigrate to a, a new planet um, that has... I, didn't, I haven't read that. Yeah, it's it's weird and it's odd, uh, which is, I think, why it's not more well-known. But um, there's a... The equivalent of, say, mice there are these little animals called household deer. They're tiny deer-like animals, but they happen to be sentient. And that's the main thing I remember about it. But it's from a ch- the point of view of, the, of one of the children in a family that emigrates to a, another world. I see. I see. Um, if you were, what, what, what's the title of your space opera that it I'm now demanding that you spend all of your be, sabbatical writing? It wouldn't be a space opera. Actually, I am. I'm actually taking suggestions for what to write in my sabbatical because I got. Nothing. Have you not? Have you not written libretti? <laughs> I'm writing one right now. <laughs> I think I think that these things should come together in your literal space opera. Mm-hmm. Your rock space opera. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking no on the rock space <laughs> opera, but I do like the idea of writing a mm. science fiction novel. So, um, mm. so yeah, I don't. What would the title be? Um, I guess he doesn't take instruction very well. 
doesn't doesn't follow orders. These are other things they're saying about you. Are you you're talking about me like you're the protagonist <laughs> of uh, uh, what's the guy? It's not Sideshow Bob, the <laughs> the guy in the Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Who's the killer? Yeah, Sideshow Bob. Sideshow, Sideshow Bob is not it. Sideshow Bob sounds the killer. <laughs> <I think> Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like it puts the lotion in the basket. It writes a space opera. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking that about that guy. About the uh, um, not Anthony Hopkins, Anthony the other Hopkins, guy. I think Sideshow Bob is. It does seem to be modeled a little bit on. You know what's really great entertainment, by the way? Middle-aged men trying to remember things. Mm-hmm. Especially, with never get with tired of it. Yeah, <laughs> never get tired of that. Middle-aged men trying to remember things about The Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So I don't know what the title is, Ed, because I don't know what the subject is. But I, you I am, just can't remember what the subject is. <laughs> I don't have a, a memory of my future self quite yet. I started to write a book, an odd book about um, that could be a plot point, a, a killer book about a guy who um, becomes obsessed with. I don't know how to say it without giving it away because maybe I'll finish it someday. A, basically, a, a, a weird guy who pretends to be younger than he is um, to infiltrate a group of uh, people in their 20s who he then begins to murder. And it's good. That's called Generation Vampire. And I've got like 130 pages of it before I gave up. But So I'm thinking I might go back to that. I like that. Um but I like uh, the idea of starting anew. Because the last time I did... Yes, that's I, what you must do. That's what you must do. The last time I made myself finish a book that wasn't working, I wrote 450 pages and sent them to my agent, and he just said, no. Yeah, no, you should you should move forward. Or you should finish Abandoned Projects by Friends. You could finish... <laughs> you got anything you want done? My presidential library mm-hmm. novel from my 20s. Eisenhower Jacket? Or my Swedish dance novel, Chimpanzee. You could finish that. That's <laughs> yeah. got a ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to yeah. do it. You're going to finish cross. one. Yeah. You love poet novels, too. Oh, I do. I'm always thinking of them. Yeah. It's inevitable. Yeah. There's a new poet novel coming out. My friend Zach Schomburg's second novel... Which is called Middle-Aged Men Trying to Remember Friends Projects. Really? No. Oh. I can't remember the name of it. Darn. First novel was Mammother. Okay, I'm Which is very good. Which is very good. And the new one, which is, is um, because I don't have a copy of it yet, because it's just come out, is... I can't, I can't find this. You're going to have to send me a link at some point. I think I'm probably misspelling literally everything. All the information. Zach, Schaumburg, and Mammother. Maybe I just search Mammother. Mammother. Oh, it's a featherproof book. Featherproof. Yeah, there it is. Zachary Schaum. Yep, I got it all wrong. Um, what a great cover. Oh, yeah. The, in Mammother, the people of Pi Time are suffering from God's Finger, a mysterious plague that leaves its victims dead with a big hole through their chests. And each hole is a random consumer product. This is wonderful. Oh, yes. So, yes, this, is. so there's a new book coming out. Oh, sorry, there's, new, there's a new novel coming out. That's not the book that's just come out this week. The, work, the, the, the book that just came out is called Pulver Mar, 
All right. Which which means nothing. <laughs> okay, good. I like things that don't mean anything but sound like they do. But a great example of the poet novelist writing writing very strange fiction in which uh, in which I think the the, the writer the I think Zachary's trying not to be a poet in them mm-hmm. or have any reference to it, uh, but he has such a weird imagination that that they. Uh, um, it's an interesting relationship between the two. Well, that's what I think is appealing about the poet novel. Not that it's like po- poemy. It's not that the the writer does not understand the story and is a stranger in that land. It's that they're trying to apply to the story the patterns of thinking that made them poets. And I, I often find that fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And also it, it can make you look at the poetry differently. Yeah. Uh-huh. But having a text exchange with a, a friend whose book is coming out, who's a poet novelist and a lot of the, um, it's a struggle over the cover. And a lot of it I think is based in um, how poets see books versus how maybe writers of other genres see books versus how people who make books see <laughs> books. Yeah. Um, and that, that uh, there's a lot of, a lot of misunderstanding in the, in that dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Exciting misunderstanding. Hmm. <laughs> Well, it's exciting if, if it ends up with a good cover, and if it ends up with a bad cover, then it's um, disappointing. Yeah. I'm thinking about covers. I have some image ideas for my next book, and I was showing them to Oscar. I figured the child is a better gauge than, than I am. A yeah. child, uh, an ignorant child who cannot read, <laughs> be a better judge of cover of a He's elaborate, probably elaborate text full of symbols and signals. He's probably uh, creeping up on reading at the moment, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's getting there. Yeah, he's right in the pack. Great. As far as development. So what? But, uh, what we haven't talked for a while. No, I have. I have some things to discuss. Such as well. The really exciting thing is that I went to Disney World. That's the one in Florida? The one in Florida. California or the one in Nova Scotia? What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the future again. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's the one in Florida. Disney World is the one in Florida. Yeah. With uh, Epcot... Uh, Yeah, Epcot is there and Magic Kingdom is there. And the reason I was there um, was that Stephanie had to attend a conference on sleep apnea, and it happened to take place at the Grand Floridian Resort. And I guess what I didn't understand about the way Disney World is set up is that the Magic Kingdom um, is on these these conjoined lakes. Um, The... One's called, like, Bay Lake, I think, and the other one that the kingdom is on is called Seven Seas Lagoon, and which makes no, no sense at all. No, no sense at all. It's yeah. not a lagoon, and there's not seven seas in it. But yeah. uh, It's a math problem and a cartographer's nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, also on the same uh, body of water are a bunch of... 
um, sort of clusters of hotels, little little themed resorts. There's mm. one called the Contemporary that was made in the '60s, and it's a very fancy mid-century design. Um, not very welcoming, I must say. The Grand Floridian uh, is like, I think it's so, sort of like uh, it's supposed to be sort of a plantation aesthetic, um, except that it's it's the crummiest of the of the bunch it's uh, I'm, I'm what I'm coming up to is that basically for those days I just wandered around and visited all the resorts and just ate food and rode boats and the monorail um, that sounds fun it was really fun and uh, anyway the, the Grand Florian is sort of like a like a high ceilinged best western that costs $500 a night though it didn't cost that for us because the hospital was paying for it so the uh um, and they 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 pump custom designed scents into the lobbies. Don't like that. And the one at the Grand Floridian is it smells like a dollar store. It's terrible. Um, but anyway, everyone dresses in fake nineteen twenties costumes and um mm, and like the, hotel costumes. It's the resorts like are the sort bell of hops like, look like old timey bellhops. Yeah, well, no. Do they issue you a costume when you enter? I didn't get one randomly. I yeah, I didn't get one. Although I would have maybe welcomed that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then anyway, the, there's the uh, the, Poly- the Polynesian resort, which is themed around Hawaii and other Polynesian islands, and is is less racist than I would have expected. I kind of. I mm-hmm. liked its sort of tiki aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, the Wilderness Lodge, which is like mm-hmm. a, um, mm-hmm. I would say it's like a, it's like a Pacific Northwestern style kind of mm-hmm. uh, Twin Peaksy almost kind of. Black Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Black Lodge. <laughs> oh my God. They should have a Twin Peaks theme resort. That would be great. Oh, well, they should. That would be, there should be a Twin Peaks theme park. Yes, there should. Yeah. Uh, Do we live in it? Oh, Oh, yeah, I guess we already do. Yeah, yeah there's no division between the Twin Peaks and the real world. You, yeah. as you, what as year you is know. it? Ah! Anyway, um, so I, I, was, I would go around, every day I would get up, and I would take my book, and I would get on a boat, <laughs> and I would go to one of the resorts and just look for a food to eat. Uh and I want to read you the I want to read you the copy for the Whispering Canyon Cafe. This Whispering is, Canyon Cafe. This is in the This is in the uh, Hunting Lodge. The Wilderness Lodge. Uh right right off the main Do you area. get to hunt people from the other lodges? Well, define get to. <laughs> I mean I'll, it's I'll not, leave that un, I'll leave that undefined. Yeah, Thank it's you. not I'll say it's not encouraged, but uh it's also right. not enforced. So um so I'll uh, I'll send you I'll uh, put the link in the uh put the link in the in the Skype for you. Oh man, I had it open and it disappeared. Mm-hmm. I swear to god, this software. I had to go around like you know, you move your you move you mouse around the interface and it 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 gives you none of the symbols make any sense. Where this Is that is that Disney speak working its way into your uh Everyday language, mousing around the interface. <laughs> okay, I got to tell you something. 
I went when I was at the when I stand at the Grand Florida. I would get up in the morning and I would do a little. I'd run on the elliptical for half an hour in the, there's a little mm-hmm. gym there. And uh, I swear to God, when I got out of the of the gym, the pattern of sweat on my shirt looked like <laughs> Mickey Mouse ears. Mm-hmm. It that does not happen here in no, upstate New only York. There. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, re- how do I do this chat? No, new chat? I don't know. It uh, changes. It, this is one of the reasons why we should do the podcast every week is so that we can keep roughly on pace with the changes of so Skype's bad. presentation. It's so bad. Oh, wait, there, there. Okay, the, I think I see it. Okay, here we are. The little the little dialogue box had disappeared. No matter where I moved the mouse on the on the screen, it wouldn't come up. And then it finally did. So here's the Whispering Canyon Cafe. Now oh, that's um, different. So I'm going to read you the copy here for a rowdy, rootin' tootin' good time. Round up the whole family for hearty Western fare and antics aplenty. Gallop on over to this old Western eatery for games and good eatin'. Serve with attitude. Tether your rusty steed and mosey into this log cabin lodge with rough-hewn charm and colorfully named cast members who have a reputation for sassing customers. Take your seat in a cowboy or Indian chair and get into some finger-licking vittles. Indian chair. There's plenty to go around. Just be careful what you wish for, especially if it's ketchup. And what they mean by this is there's one bottle of ketchup in the entire (laughs) restaurant. (laughs) and if you want the ketchup you have to ask one of the waitresses for it and the traditional way to do this this shocked me like when i you know when you're like in a place a public place and someone starts shouting and everyone tenses up because they realize that someone is breaking the social contract this is this is the shooting is about to start exactly that the breaking of that social contract is the whole shtick in this restaurant. So the first time I went, I was very alarmed by this. But when someone wants the ketchup, they're supposed to yell, who's got the ketchup? And then all the waitresses stop what they're doing and start screaming at the patrons to find out who has the ketchup. And then if you're the one who has the ketchup, you're supposed to either run over to the person who wants it and give it to them, or you can give it to one of the waitresses, and they will throw it to each other, and then give it to the person who wants the ketchup. I don't like this at all. <laughs> Here's the thing: I didn't want any ketchup, but I came to find this extremely entertaining. So this is happening every. They serve French fries. I mean, it's yeah, kids, right? So yeah. everybody wants ketchup all the time. Everyone wants ketchup, but you have to shout for it. So it's constantly happening. <laughs> I only went for breakfast. I I can't imagine that at dinner they did, don't provide more than one bottle of ketchup. But it happened many times. Every the two times I ate there, uh, it happened like four or five times. People shouted, "Whoa, whoa, unto brunchers!" <laughs> Seriously, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, the food was actually really good. I had some uh, banana bread French toast, which was basically <laughs> cake covered with eggs. Um, they actually had maple syrup, not fake maple syrup, uh, that they gave me for no extra charge. Uh, the waitresses were 
theatrically obnoxious, but they were actually super nice and talkative, and it was kind of fun to chat with them. High school theater veterans. Some of them were. They were all. They were all white, but they were all over the range of age. So there was like, it, and it was pretty clear that they were hired based in part upon their their theatrical acumen. Like, how brassy could they be? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess they think this is part of the, like, Old West aesthetic or something? I'm not sure that it is. I don't think so either. Except for I'm looking at the picture. The uh, the, the cowboy and Indian thing is a, a little bit stale. Well, that's the thing. What yeah. I Basically, everything... It, at Disney World is a little bit racist. Magic Kingdom, especially, they they have a problem. I think because we did spend like half a day actually going to the amusement park and going on rides and braving the crowds and everything. And I admit it was it's not usually my thing, but it was really fun. Um, but they have all these old, um, they have all these old attractions that are now legendary, so they can't get rid of them. But they're not they're not cool. <laughs> Like the the Asian faces and it's a small world after all, are are now look like racist racist caricature and the the um what is it the Splash Mountain which is the inspired by Song of the South, um, which is about animals torturing one another <laughs> with broad Southern accents, yeah. um and no one which no one reads or watches anymore presumably for that reason but the ride still embraces it and then there is the pirates of the caribbean which was is this bizarre old fashioned thing with that they've inserted Johnny Depp into to slightly update it i guess it's it's very odd it's all very odd mm-hmm. um and then space mountain broke right as we were about to get on it so we didn't get to didn't get to ride on it Anyway, uh, how do you think it breaks? I don't know. I, I guess it uh, the wheels come off. Too much splashing. I want to tell you about one other food item that I liked at Disney World, though. Um, I think this the thing with the ketchup. I think artificial scarcity is kind of how Disney World works. Like, if you're in the Magic Kingdom and mm-hmm. you're hoping to see, let's say. Mickey Mouse. Hmm. You'd, you'd expect there'd be 40 Mickey Mice all over the park, and you would interact with them at all times. But there's mm-hmm. one. There's one, and he emerges suddenly in an area with mm-hmm. lots of fanfare, kind of out of nowhere. Like, there are all sorts of hidden doors that cast members dart in and out of. Mm-hmm. There's like There's one goofy... There's one princess whoever, and they just pop up and they do a dance routine with a with a with other cast members and there's music and then they pose for pictures and then they disappear back behind the scenery again. Um, so the uh, the other thing that I wanted to eat was this thing called a Dole Whip. A Dole Whip, like that's a like a pineapple. Yeah. Whip. Yeah, Dole Whip. And uh, we had we were just doing a little research on Disney World before we went on the trip, um, basically wondering what to eat. And 
everyone agreed the Dole Whip was the sought-after snack. But there was just one place in the Magic Kingdom where you can get it, and you have to wait in line for a very long time. And you'd think if it was so popular and delicious, they would make it available at every place that they have frozen treats. But no, they only have it at the one place. It turns out you can get a Dole Whip in the Polynesian Village. That's the only place that's not in the park where you can get it. Mm-hmm. And I waited in line for it, and damned if it wasn't very delicious. It was basically just pineapple soft serve, um, mm-hmm. which I'm actually surprised isn't more of a thing outside the fantasy of Disney World. But um, but they they, I think they're trying to create a, a cult, and it is kind mm-hmm. of a cult. Like, because you're just ble- you're just bleeding money when you're in there every second that you're in there anyway, right? So they don't need to necessarily extract every dime from every particular yeah um, no. facet. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we didn't spend a lot of money because we're grown ups mm-hmm. and didn't want a bunch of stuff. But uh, if uh, if little kids were there with us, it's everyone has all the gear at all times, and mm-hmm. you know, you want a pair of like a hair barrette with ears sticking out of it. It's going to cost you thirty dollars much yeah <laughs> you think <laughs> <laughs> can you haggle in the magic kingdom um i don't, I don't think you can <laughs> i think you, did you try <laughs> i didn't i didn't i don't like to haggle well i think i think i think that you what, what people might not understand <laughs> is the magic kingdom is entirely based on haggling it's really and the prices the real prices are intended to be reasonable just nobody haggles and so they, everybody goes for the first thing and they think all right so you're saying disney world has got a bunch of marks is is um is uh, it's a vast bazaar inspired by a, a car dealership or a turkish rug market is what you're telling me the latter it's the araby <laughs> yeah and you you look into it uh, um, and suddenly understand your your hollow your hollow monster driven by desire and vanity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you familiar with the Epcot Center tweet? Oh no, I'm. I just just hold on. Let me navigate back to the spot where you sent me the thing. Epcot Center tweets. Um, is, this the, are, is this the real no, Epcot? No, no, they do not have a Twitter presence. So this is somebody <laughs> who just spent um, five years putting out a few tweets on behalf of Epcot Center. <laughs> That's very kind of them. And you're right; they don't they don't tweet very often. Yeah. <laughs> they they can say whatever they want on their website, but the rock group yep. Entombed is not playing here on Easter Sunday, period. Mm-hmm. We have a greenhouse here so we can grow our own iceberg lettuce. <laughs> okay. I'm following these guys. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Anyway, my uh, overall review of Disney World, surprisingly positive. Um, you'd be crazy to pay your own money to stay in the resorts but uh it was really quite fun oh here's the other thing if you're the kind of person who likes to walk (laughs) uh from place to place it's good for you it is good for you but um disney world does not want you to walk i tried to walk. oh really it's a vast territory well they want you to walk enormous spaces around the magic kingdom but you're supposed to take a, a monorail um, they're actually oh, they're very good at managing 
um, transportation. Like there are buses, there are to the monorail, and then there are boats. Um, and each each place you might want to go, you have to find out which transportation modes go in and out of there, and then choose the one you you want to take. Um, which I found really charming. I really enjoyed just boating around, usually in the opposite direction of everyone else. So a couple of times I was the only passenger on a boat going from one place to another because everyone was at the park. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I tried to walk. I figured it's just a few miles around, all the way around the, all the way around the the lagoon, mm-hmm. and that's that's a perfect long walk for me. And I figured there would be footpaths, and uh, I successfully walked from the Floridian to the Polynesian, and then the Polynesian to the transportation hub. But then I tried to walk from there to the contemporary, and within five minutes, I was standing in a swamp, basically. (laughs) I had to walk underneath the monorail because it was the only place where the ground was raised high enough because they, Mm -hmm. you know, have to work on it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there were some woodsy paths that were clearly not for for visitors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... When you're where others are, there are lots of places where it says cast members only, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, what they call all employees. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I had wet sneakers. I had to, like, go <laughs> under a highway. And <laughs> then at one point, I was trying to walk to the Magic Kingdom, mm-hmm. and there was basically a – I would have had to swim across a creek um, and just turn back. So – you used the cast members only in um, the funnies. Yeah, yeah, I kind of did. You might even, you might even borrow the, the phrase. I might for have the, <laughs> for the uh, well. It's not, not an, it's not an amusement park. It's a parade or a, a no. It's a it's a festi- festival. Yeah, it's a festival. festival. Yeah, like a and right. like a setting up setting up temporary amusement park. That the way temporary amusement park. Yeah. yeah. And the amusement park grows out of fairs, right? The amusement park grows out of... Yeah, it's like a perma-fair. Fairs, perma-fair. Yeah. That's what they originally called it, perma-fair. Come haggle at the perma-fair. <laughs> was the, the original... <laughs> Try to test your yeah. haggling. Um, <laughs> at at Michael Mouse's perma <laughs> and minstrel show. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. Well, that's great. I um, I, I I went to Epcot Center in the nineties at some point. Again, I was in uh, Jacksonville for some conference, and we went down to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's that is how I have limited my exposure to the Disney Kingdom. Yeah. So you haven't you haven't brought uh, Oscar to any, any of the Disney's. No, I think we'll take him to Disneyland at some point because uh, we go to Southern California every year anyway, and it would it would not be particularly inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And so you're um, you're doing you're doing land, not not world. That's the one in California, yeah. right? Yeah. So have you been to you know you've not been to land before. No, only because Epcot Center is a separate thing. Epcot right? is the Florida thing, yeah. I have I have been there and found it entertaining. I I liked it. Also, I was there with my kids and I but I was allowed to have a beer. <laughs> I was allowed to open carry a beer. Yeah. Uh, 
I, I, I want to go to Epcot, the Epcot Center envisioned by this uh, Twitter feed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which points out that a couple of new exhibits could be on the way. Uh-huh. One about the power of magic crystals. <laughs> another about the real possibility of cloning children. <laughs> if a dazzling staged show about U.S. history hosted by an animatronic Mark Twain doesn't sound fun, maybe you're better off at a roller rink. <laughs> Well, I think we're all better off at a roller rink. Guess what, Diet Pepsi? (laughs) At Diet Pepsi, our machine is at it again. It's taking folks' money and not giving them their soda. Now it's making a buzzing sound. (laughs) How how have they been allowed to maintain this for so long? I I don't know, but it's one of the greatest things (laughs) I know of. Uh, Which I I can now access because I've returned to social media. Uh, Are you on Twitter? I'm on a mall. Really? Oh, is that I want a job? Is that that is that what you were referring to? You posted a bunch of uh, of good sketches on Instagram, but you said something about returning or coming back or something or another. Were you referring to your social media reappearance? Not on Instagram. No, not on Instagram. Um, oh no, that was just that was just a um, some little sketch I had that I I, I taped on a, a headline. Eddie's coming back. No, that was not relevant to anything. I guess it does. It does say what I'm saying, but it was not intended to. There must be some word for that. When you say what you're saying, but you don't mean to be saying it. Yeah. Uh, no, I had I had to go on. I was advised to go back on all the the things um, because I was talking to somebody about job hunting. Yeah. And they said, "Well, I can share all of these jobs with you if you're on Facebook." Ugh. Oh, like no, you were Facebook. back on Facebook? Like, well, then I can't share these jobs with you. Oh, come on. And so I'm, I'm on it for professional reasons. And so I just, I, just, I just did it. I turned it back on. I yeah. set up an account. And I am going to otherwise ignore it. Yeah, I think that's, that's wise. That makes sense. And Twitter as well. It was, I'm mostly using to follow things related to Oregon politics. Well, may we, I and the listeners, follow you? What is your handle? Oh, please do follow me. Uh, ScoogPDX. ScoogPDX. I think it's ScoogPDX. There you are, ScoogPDX. ScoogPDX. I am a writer in Portland, reluctant Twitter account. Yeah. That's you all right. That's me. Right. And it's fine. So far, it's fine. Yeah. I, uh, my 16 month away from all these things mm-hmm. um, was uh, adequate to sort of break whatever habits I had of, of looking at them too much and thinking of them too much. Yeah. So they're there. And they seem to have changed. Facebook seems to have changed. Um, in the Trump years, it for the better. No, no, but for the blander, uh, it's easier easier to ignore because you notice you know that all these mm-hmm. things being shared, most of them are probably um, the, the, the manipulation is more obvious. Like you know, the manipulation is there. Yeah, on everything, instead of thinking that any of this is connected to anything, it all just seems fanciful and irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so, so that's fine. So, um, 
Did you see the news item that Zuckerberg says he's going to completely change the business model of Facebook? Yeah, that can't be true. Uh, he's not going to do that. No, he's not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. Different. He's a soulless capitalist. He's not going to. He's do a anything. monster. Yeah. Okay. Thank They're you. all monsters. All right. All right. Yeah. Everyone with any power is a monster. <laughs> okay. Okay. Got it. Just write that down. Yeah, I'm doing it. Tattoo it on your arm. Don't believe his lies. <laughs> All right, don't believe his lies. It's funny. Um, there's a like a list of um, a list of you know when you follow when you follow an account, you go to mm-hmm. an account's website on Twitter, you see who you know, who is also following them. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting random collection of of, mm-hmm. of people. There's my friend Zoe from uh, um, Scotland, uh, Daniel Ortberg, Elif Badaman, my son. <laughs> my son knew about Epcot's fake Epcot Center, but I didn't. <laughs> well, now you're equal. Yeah, now we're equal. So you might have he thought noticed, he had a leg up. You, you might have on his old that, man. Uh, he's, he's always because he he occupies a, a like a different uh, a different universe than I do. He always has a leg up. The world he inhabits, he is the he's the the expert on. So mm-hmm. I can never quite keep up. Yeah. You might have noticed that uh, when I was talking about Disney World, I slipped in that I went to the gym. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I do now. I go to the gym. Hmm. You enjoy that? <laughs> I didn't at first, um, mm-hmm. but I do now. I only do. Here's here's. Do you limit it to the elliptical cross trainer? Only the. That's not. That's not really going to the gym. Talk. Yeah. I only. It's only the elliptical. Yeah. I don't. That's, that's not. I don't that's even not the lift. gym. Yeah. And I realized that I learned that one of the reasons. One of the reasons I hate the gym and never have gone to the gym before. It's boring. It's very boring. So um, boring. But the Exercise thing was, is so boring. I liked to run, and yeah. but I had to stop because of my my bad knee. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they finally caught up with you. <laughs> I had to stop running. <laughs> I stumbled. The monsters finally got me. <laughs> stumbled and <laughs> fell. <laughs> and then you see me. My face lands right near the camera, and then I'm slowly dragged backwards mm-hmm. away from it. Yeah. To the sounds of snarling. Um, I didn't like going to the gym because I don't like locker rooms. I don't like the toxic masculinity of locker rooms. I don't like what men talk about in locker rooms. And I don't want to... You don't to- like parading around in the nude? Well, I mean, I don't really mind that as long as they don't, yeah. don't get near me. Or as long as they don't mm. crowd my space. Uh, yeah. Which inevitably happens. But what I realized is... Back off, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Do, room. do you want a piece of this? Do you want a piece of this? <laughs> uh, I realize I could just wear my gym shorts just under my sweatpants, and I won't have to actually go in the locker room and change. <laughs> so I could <laughs> use one of the lockers in the hallway. It all depends how, how cold it is outside. Well, the hallway with the lockers in it, the special locker hallway between the main gym and the pool, is the warmest place in the entire gym. It's mm, good. So it's a good transition zone. It's like an airlock. And then the pool room 
I do occasionally go into the gym because Stephanie really likes the the pool and the hot tub. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to admit, it's kind of worth it because this is the Cornell Gymnasium. No, this is Island Fitness. It's sort of a fancy Oof. fancy gym in downtown, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's very Catskillsian. There's always like a old people aqua yoga or something going on. So there's mm-hmm. like some Frankie Valley playing over the loudspeakers and bouncing nice. off the waves with mm-hmm. that sort of that sort of quavery natatorium sound. They've got Katrina in the waves and you're <laughs> bouncing off the lemons. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, that sounds nice. No, I I I uh, I, uh, I hate exercising. I've been doing it a bit. We have a treadmill. Yeah. We purchased a treadmill and I've been doing treadmill time. Yeah. Also been dieting. Oh, have you? For about eight weeks. What does that consist of? The old, the old standby. Did we, did we both the do? Old, the old bacon and bacon and coffee diet. <laughs> the old Atkins <laughs> diet. <laughs> and it's nice. You know, you lose 30 pounds like right away. Yeah. And then you lose like a quarter pound a day for a uh, long time. And uh, and you never, never experience a moment of pleasure for the rest of your life. Is that how? Is that the? I haven't had I haven't had a, <laughs> a gram of sugar for eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, so do you and miss it's it? Fine. Do you miss it? Now? No, not really. Did you at first? You get you have there's a, there's two or three days that you have to get over that are that are that are not great. Yeah. Um, or you just want a cracker. Yeah. Mainly. Uh, but you're also sleepy, so you kind of sleep through it. And then, and then actually, you're, you're, one of the, the, the consequences of, of kind of the high-fat, no-carb diet is you lose your appetite. Uh-huh. I think that's why it works more than anything else. Yeah. You're just not, hung, not hungry all the time. You know, you get hungry. Yeah. You have to eat food, but... Like uh, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel the need to stop by and get a Snickers bar mm-hmm. on our way to pick up the kid or have a bunch of Cheetos mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when I feel sad. So it's 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 good. It's good. I don't mind it at all, really. Yeah, I miss beer. That's the that's the hard thing because I'm pretty good at drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I like the way it makes me feel sure too much, probably. and I miss drinking it. It's it is as the as the ads say, easy drinking. Yeah, you can drink spirits, most spirits, on it, but it's not it's not not a lot of fun without beer. I have found that I've lost my taste for beer. I will have mm. one occasionally, um, mm-hmm. but I do like spirits. So the a friend of mine who is diabetic. Um, is not uh I think he's not supposed to have dark spirits, but he can have like gin yeah. or vodka. I can't remember which thing. But I'd never thought to make a distinction among those things. Um anyway, I I feel like well, for one me, of the Epcot Center tweets, by the way, is reminds you that if you if you if you need insulin, you should probably uh, bring your own. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, Epcot Center tweet. It's, it's yeah. good advice. I mean, it would be good advice for the real Epcot Center to tweet as well, <laughs> uh, though perhaps not so cavalierly. Um, it fe- it feels like that tweet is in is in reaction <laughs> to someone who forgot. <laughs> they're all in reaction to something. Someone yeah. like someone died at the park, and they're like, 
passive aggressively saying yeah. you should yeah. probably bring your insulin. <laughs> anyway, the the my my vice is that I see I'm still I'm still a, a little paunchier than I like, despite like going to the gym and running mm-hmm. on the elliptical practically every day this year. And the reasons are clear: it's breakfast cereal, um, Snyder's pretzel chunks covered with magic dust, honey mustard. Well, the um, Stephanie's honey favorite mustard. is the honey mustard. My favorite is the cheddar cheese. But there's also yeah. jalapeno is good. And just this week, one. just this week, they have a new featured flavor. Raspberry. <laughs> ew. <laughs> Ed, ew. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's like, it's Parmesan garlic. That'd be fine. Quite good. And then in the evening, I'll have a drink. Uh, yeah. but, but I will also have an ice cream novelty, such as, <laughs> such as a chip wedge. <laughs> Uh, yeah. There is a Twitter Twitter meme going around where you have to Lil plus the last thing that you ate is your is your rapper name. And I mm-hmm. was I was Lil Chipwitch. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I know that those are the things that are uh preventing me from uh from uh, having the <laughs> having the <laughs> the beach body that I desire. <laughs> I don't know how badly I want it. <laughs> yeah. Do I like? Ups. Do I want like chip witch elimination much? I don't think I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't like that. <laughs> Raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oscar, what's that? Ooh, he's got something. Bacon, bacon on a Paw Patrol plate. Oh, nice. Thanks, Oscar. <laughs> he's he's like a cast member. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. He he slipped in the door. Dropped yep. off the bacon and left. But he left the dog in, so he'll be looking at me dolefully. While yeah. I eat. He's even sitting now, thinking that. That's how a good dog is rewarded with bacon. That's how a dog looks at you when you've got a dole whip. And it is rewarded with bacon. There you go, Norm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm eating. No, that's Anything quite all right. I mean, it's no. It's, it sounds horrible on a microphone. It's Everybody one of the mic- two things you're allowed to have: coffee and bacon. <laughs> So what do you do? What do you do on the treadmill? Do you listen to music? Do you watch TV? Do you look at the internet? What do you do? Do you do nothing? Do you um, think? I'll watch a show. I'll put on The Sopranos and and walk. Yeah, I I've like used, The Sopranos still. I've generally uh, got got a podcast in my ears, and then I try to get the elliptical that's in front of CNN, and then I Ooh, I f- just fill fill up with rage with. You should get one that has Fox News on, but it's behind you, and you can only hear it. <laughs> and yeah, it gets it if you, if you get fast enough, it, it it gets quieter the faster you run. Uh-huh. The faster you move, the quieter Fox News gets. <laughs> <laughs> and the idea is to try to maintain silence. That's a good but idea. Then you slow down a little bit, and then. Then you get the wow, grumble, grumble, <laughs> great new deal, steal my hamburger, blah, blah, faster. <laughs> sounds like they're going away. Yeah, well. You don't seem like they're calling after you, John, come back here. Because, uh, because our We're gym- waiting for you in 20 years. You'll be here. You'll be watching us. You can't outrun male grumpiness. We're here for you. Come back, John. Why do so God many of today's metaphors on the show involve me being caught 
caught and killed. I don't, I don't know why I have such, such violent fantasies against you. I think it's because I miss you, John. Uh, I miss you, too. So you we literally want speaking, to devour me. We aren't speaking frequently enough. That's why I'm imagining scenarios in which you have to run for your life. Yeah. That's how I always cared to think of Lenin. Running for his life. Uh, because uh, because my gym is in Ithaca, Fox News is not on any of the TVs. Although uh, TNT is, and it's literally always showing a badly produced television show about witches. Always. Anyway, <laughs> but even even though it's Ithaca, the, the men in the fucking locker room, are, they're always like, you know, oh, it's snowing, snowing real hard today. It's guess that climate change isn't real. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Or uh people yeah. you know, a couple of guys like a couple of guys in their late twenties complaining about their wives like they're on a sitcom or something. Like, shut up. Shut up. Go talk to your wife about your wife. What are you doing? I don't want to hear this. Or marry or marry the gym. Yeah. What? Or marry the gym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my my wife. Oh, I didn't know you were married. I, I'm married to to you guys. <laughs> we're all married now. <laughs> and this gym, the elliptical cross trainer. <laughs> this, yeah. My wife's son is too small. I thought I think of you when I start after the pool. I oh, I will. I love uh, a sauna. I sit in the sauna. I can take maybe three minutes of it. I love a schwitz. I just get bored. But uh, but it's not. I'm not talking about steam room. I'm talking about the dry. Oh, the dry. Talking about I the like dry. the dry. I like the dry's better because the dry's hotter. Yeah, we got a little. There's, yeah. this, there's a steamy one and there's a dry one, and I yeah. go for the dry one. Steam rooms really aren't very hot. They're just steamy. They're just steamy. Yeah, I haven't gone in, yeah. so I don't. I don't know what it's yeah. like. Sauna. Sauna gets a lot hotter. Yeah. So the sauna's hot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a like very a small room, and I don't. I I don't mm-hmm. mind sitting near another person, but I do mm-hmm. mind sitting near a stranger in a very tiny room. And if, what if you all are sweating a lot? Does that make it better? No, that doesn't matter because everyone's already you're like you're actually you're like your your the like the fat of your um, <laughs> upper upper arm is touching. <laughs> oh no! You just no. have to. It's so close. <laughs> talking about it, but there's no, a little sliding. No, no stranger flesh. I don't want it. <laughs> we when we when we get in the car afterwards. Would be Connor Fleisch? Stephanie talks about what the women in the sauna are talking about, um, and it's always it's fascinating. They have all kinds of great local gossip of di- divorces and remarriages and and weird family situations, and p- he's doing this with her, and she's doing that with her and him. And uh, but the men just that's, sit. That's the, more interesting. The men just sit there brooding. Yeah, we don't talk at all. Yeah, we just are just trying to deny that the other ones are there. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Marry the gym. Just get married to a gym. <laughs> anyway, you read so, any uh, read any good books lately? Um, let me look at my list. My reading has I been. I picked up I picked up Milkman, but I haven't started it yet. Oh, I really I like that, Milkman. That you liked it. Other people have liked it. Yeah, I think it's excellent. Um, it got. I guess it got a bad review in the Times from what's his name. And then he like quoted a long passage to show how terrible it was, and the passage was great. <laughs> it was like really good writing. <laughs> um, okay, so st- do you f- do you uh, know via the real world or social media Sandra Newman? 
New York writer around our age? No, I don't think so. Um, she's very funny on Twitter, which is how I, she came to my attention. She's really good at Twitter. Mm-hmm. But um, she's written a bunch of novels, and uh, I finally read one, her new one, The Heavens. She, she, we agreed to trade books, so she sent me mm-hmm. Galley of the Heavens, which just came out. It's great. Really good book. It starts out, it seems to be like a... Um, it kind of masquerades as light reading, a kind of series of um, romantic encounters among well-to-do New Yorkers in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every chapter ratchets oh, up I've the stakes. It. It, gets, it, it, gets, it becomes a stranger yeah. sort of New York. It slowly becomes clear that I've it's not – it's a different yeah. New York. And then you eventually realize exactly which things are different and why. And uh, one of the protagonists is f- ends up effectively time traveling, um, and how and wh- how sh- how she does it, and what form the tra- time travel takes, and to when and where I I won't say because I want you to read the book, but it's very surprising and inventive, and it, it ends up really good. By the end, it's mm-hmm. just devastating. It's just um, the, the, her whole aesthetic is. As it seems like on on the internet, but in this book as well, is very funny um, mm-hmm. and sardonic, but with a very deep undercurrent of darkness. So um, I really also like Sally Rooney's Normal People. Did I talk about this in the last episode? I can't remember. No, I, I don't think I've heard of this book at all. Yeah, she's a uh, Irish writer. Um, writes about sort of the inc- intricacies of interpersonal relationships among youngish people. Um, but her sentence to sentence is just spectacular, Re- really good. And I liked Milkman, um, and then I've been on a like a Penelope Fitzgerald and Muriel Spark tear. Hmm. That's a great tear. I love Muriel Spark so much. Yeah, I read The Girls of Slender Means. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, very funny and also dark. And um, mm. also, people we know, Sharma's book, The Cassandra, is. Is deeply fucked up. It's very, I haven't. I bought it. But very I read disturbing. It she came here and read at Palace, and I wasn't able to go. Yeah, and see her. I think she's coming to New York in a few months. I'm hoping to go mm-hmm. down and hear her. Um, so I recommend that. And uh, Elizabeth McCracken's new book, uh, Bowlaway, is. Have you ever met her? Didn't I met her once? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, hold on, I've got to let the dog. Go. Yeah, go ahead. Wait a minute. What's what is the pa- what's the pattern on your? Less than on working. What is that garment you're wearing? Can you hear me? There what you is go. That now? What is that? Th- what are you wearing? No, I can't hear you. Hello, can you hear me now? Are you there? Yeah. What could have changed? Am I getting up? I think you bumped something. How about now? Can you hear me now? Oh. I became unplugged. Yeah, you got to plug it in. That's good. I that shit plugged. Um, so uh, I was asking what you're wearing. It's a, like a looks clone stamped. Oh, yes. This is my uh, uh, my little uh, around the house uh, hoodie. It mm-hmm. looks kind of like waves. It's, uh, um, it's from the, the younger side of the big and tall store. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
and uh, it's it, it probably looks ridiculous, but it's yeah. warm, and I get uh, I get cold. So sure, solves that problem. Yeah, by adding a, a, a it also solves coverall. the problem of somebody you know thinking deciding whether or not to take me seriously. <laughs> settles that settles that right away. <laughs> I picked up, there's a new CD-Write book, mm-hmm. which, because it's not in my line of sight right now in the room, I can't remember the title of it. Okay. <laughs> but it's all about one tree. Oh, which one? A beech tree. I don't, why isn't the book right on my desk? Oh, I hope I didn't lend it to somebody. Isn't that always the way? It's a gorgeous and long book all about one tree. One individual tree, and then sort of associated matters. Uh, could it be um, Casting Deep Shade? There we go, Casting Deep Shade. Yeah, that's her last book. She you know, passed away a couple years ago, and this is what mm-hmm. she was working on, I think finished with, when, when, she, when she died. Mm-hmm. As a nice foreword and memory from, uh, from Ben Lerner. Great. And it's, it's a nicely designed, it was a gorgeously designed book. Um, yeah, the cover is beautiful. It's a beautiful book, and everyone should have it. Um, also, Days and Days just arrived. Um, Michael Dickman's oh, great. fourth book of poems, which is on Cut-Off. Great. And it's a very nice, big, strange, spare, original book. What's the, what's the title again? Days and Days, with the lampersand there. Days and Days. Days and Days, great. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a he's a he's got Penguin publishing him. That's real nice, real nice. My son's doing a. He spent two weeks studying the, the majestic penguin in his first grade class. The bird. The bird, not the publishing. <laughs> no, not the not the Batman villain. I don't know if they've I don't know if they've they've gotten into that. Uh, hopefully, they have. He's asked my son has asked me about two rock and roll bands ever. He's mm-hmm. in first grade. Yeah. So I know what one uh, of them the, is. He asked about Rush. Rush. <laughs> and then uh, the other day he asked me if I'd ever heard of the band called Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say no? Tell me about them. <laughs> no, I said well, I, I I admitted that I had heard of Kiss. Sure. He Oscar's really into Scooby Doo. Sure. And he's he's been watching. You know, Scooby Doo is fifty years old. Uh, yeah, it not, is. Not the dog, because that would be a three hundred and fifty year old dog. <laughs> <laughs> not much use at that point, right? Um, the first Scooby Doo's are like you know sixty eight, sixty seven, something like that. And so there have been a lot of iterations of the Scooby-Doo uh, cartoon. Sure. Um, and most, but not all of them, are available. Um, and he's he's been watching them all, all the different series. And uh, uh, and there are some varietals of Scoob. Sure. Uh, 70s, there's a particular series called, like, the 12 Demons of... Scooby Doo yeah. or something. That's a little a little intense. Demons are pretty heavy stuff. 
The Twelve yeah. Demons of Scooby-Doo, really? I think that's the name. But yeah, I think it's called that. Maybe it's called The Twelve Ghosts, but it's a lot of demon stuff. Uh, um, th- the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. No, all right. I well, some number and some monster. I prefer your formula. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're all, it's the Scooby-Doo gang and Vincent Price. <laughs> And it's an adventure. It's a little, a little epic. Do you don't you feel that in the seventies and eighties, it was like a? It must have been federal law that Vincent Price, Kiss, or the Harlem Globetrotters had to appear yeah. on an episode of your television show. Had to be in everything, <laughs> not just television shows. <laughs> had to go with you to the store. It was a vast surveillance program. <laughs> Vincent Price was like a Santa Claus figure or a god. There was, his eye was on, Vincent Price's eye is on the sparrow. What? Is a it is a game show that I would like to watch. <laughs> Vincent Price's eye is on the sparrow. <laughs> I don't I can't even imagine what the what you would do on it. <laughs> You would win or you would lose, like any other game. Or reach some sort of... Tammy, for $300, what is Vincent Price looking at? In Uh, this picture, or in this room. uh, For $300, the wind. What is he looking at? Is he looking at the wind? No, that's wrong. Is it a starling? He's looking at the transmigration of souls. <laughs> no, that's what he's thinking about. What is he looking at? <laughs> anyway, the 13th. One thing and think about something else, Tammy. <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> so he was watching the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. And uh, so it's 13 episodes. Yeah. It's 12 episodes in a movie, I believe. And uh, one of them involves the Kiss, the band Kiss. Uh huh. <laughs> of course. And so his, his exposure to Kiss right now is limited to <laughs> Scooby Doo's uh, Kiss's interactions with Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, but he did get a sense that they were real uh, in some form, uh-huh. and uh, uh, wanted to know more about them. And uh, if he asks again, I'll. I don't know what the right introduction is to Kiss. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> how should I talk to my child about Kiss? <laughs> That's right. Another game show. <laughs> Talking to your children about Kiss. <laughs> I mean, do I start with uh, the pinball game? You know, <laughs> good place to start. Do I start with their later solo work? <laughs> Definitely go with Ace's solo album first. The solo, well, Ace's solo album is a solid album. Yeah, no, rock and album. <laughs> the Chris album, not as not as much. No. Also, they're not solo albums. No. Um, I mean, I would think Destroyer. Yeah, I think you Destroyer's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, but also, Kiss Alive. Because mm-hmm. you know the, the 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 when you open up the double album and you see the audience, you really can identify with the audience. <laughs> I think because it's it's Kiss, which were so much focused on the sort of the branding of Kiss, the the yeah. faces, the boots, 
and then the real focus of that album is their fans. <laughs> adoring, adoring fans. Adoring fans holding up signs. I think that was in Indianapolis. Yeah. The Kiss Alive. And I'm sure that Kiss Alive is as much a live album as the Kiss solo albums or solo albums. Yeah. Although it does have it does have great patter. Yeah. You know, Kiss is Ace is solid for uh or maybe it's Paul. Those Paul the, is solid for pattern. Those are the yeah. only two albums I ever have were Destroyer and, and Kiss Alive. Me too. That's I enough. Think Kiss Alive was probably my first gatefold. Uh, Largely the same songs too, I think. Isn't it? I'm not misremembering. That is a gatefold, a big gatefold yes. record, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we're um, we're sort of winding towards the end here, but I wanted to tell you that um, uh, Alyssa Washuda is coming to Ithaca for a reading this week. Magnificent. And uh, we're going to take her to the fancy gym. Mm. It's a it's a service we offer here at Cornell. Yeah, bring guests, yeah, athletic guests to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my favorite we're we're going to my favorite restaurant in Ithaca, Gola Osteria, um, which is is uh, I only go when Cornell is paying, and I am the host of the evening. Ola Gosteria, uh, o- Gola, like Osteria. hello little. Hello, little ghost. <laughs> that Hola, is a, ghostarita. That is a great name for a restaurant. Yeah. Hello, little ghost. <laughs> steak restaurant. <laughs> it's the ghost of the sacred bowl that you're eating. Stands by the table. Reminds you of all that you've done. <laughs> so anyway, I'll, I'll report to you about that. Uh, about you get that to meal. pick the ghost. Yeah. That's the gimmick. You get to pick. You get to pick what you're haunted by. The no. ghost that stands beside you as you eat. Oh no! Is that a what's his name reference? What was his name? The guy in Missoula who didn't get into the MFA program but showed up anyway. So they let him take the classes. Oh, and he had he had some restaurant idea. Millhouse. Mm, that's right. No, I wasn't thinking of it. <laughs> he because his his yeah. he he had a lot of money and it was. Uh, inherited from his grandfather who invented the strip mall and then his mm. father um his failed the father's failed business was a steakhouse where you got to pick out your cow yeah yeah a lot of overhead yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> any, so any? Ola, gola osteria yeah it's a it's a Oyster fancy, house. fancy Italian place. No, it's um, from the Golan Heights. In a former uh, former hospital. No, the historic Quarry Arms Building. I mm. still think it's a, it was a hospital down in the morgue. It's I mean, down, the wine cellar. The wine cellar. It's a morgue, Dan. No, it's a wine cellar. <laughs> Dan, shh. What are you talking about? What is that? What is he? What are you quoting? Just a little dialogue between Dan <laughs> and someone else who works at the restaurant that used to be a, a hospital, and what the correct terminology is for the wine cellar. All of the signs still says morgue, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, sure. Yeah, they're going through that industrial look, so it's all bare bulbs <laughs> and morgue equipment. <laughs> it's very hip. It's very hip. Yeah. All right, well, uh, 
It's a wine cellar. You slide open the the drawers, and they have the the bottles in the shape of a person. Um, <laughs> very good vintages. Why? What natural wines. Why aren't you a wealthy restaurateur? Is what I want to know. Why, indeed. I've had so many good ideas over the years. The buffet water slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a water slide and a buffet. <laughs> yep. Leave your dishes at the bottom. <laughs> That's my main idea. It's a good idea. Well, you don't even have, yeah, you, the dishes wash themselves on the way down. Yes, they do. It's Sudsy. <laughs> Is that the name of the restaurant? Sudsy's. <laughs> <laughs> Sudsy's water slide buffeteria. <laughs> it's a buffeteria. <laughs> Because you have trays. You have one tray to slide on and one tray for your food. And they're the same trays. I'm just picturing it in action. It's chaos. There's food, there's broken china everywhere. It wouldn't be chaos if everybody read the five-page instruction sheet. Everybody's bleeding. As you come in. Everybody would just read what they're signing. I mean, it's all there on the clipboard when you come in and you sign your waiver. You read it all. It's, it's if people would just read the clipboard, it would not be as chaotic as people in the Yelp reviews have complained about it. It says right here, bring your own insulin. It's not it our does. fault. Well, I mean, fault is a legal term, is a vernacular term, and is a legal term. The waiver is about the legal term, not yeah. the conventional term. We try to make it in plain English, but <laughs> I, I love that your uh, that your uh, restaurant concept. You've already got the disclaimers ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've got the waiver all worked out. It worked. It's a top down sort of place. Oh, oh because dear. it's a water slide <laughs> and a buffeteria. Yeah, vegan. Are you hungry for lunch? Well then let's have lunch Do you want some lunch? Well then we'll give you some lunch Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John That's right, it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John